Anthony Rumble Johnson just decimated Alexander Gustafsson, riling up the 205-pound division, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin, with me, Raf Esparza. Raf, how impressive was Anthony Rumble Johnson last night? Very impressive, and it's hard to say it was a surprise that he had that much power, but uh, I, like the rest of the people watching, were affirmed by one thing. Do you know what that was? What's that? That if uh, John Jones eye pokes him, it's not going to go well for him. No, that's not going to be one of those things. He takes that very personally, apparently. In fact, I thought, you know, Johnson was playing a pretty okay game until there was the unfortunate eye poke from uh, Gus Gus. And the problem yeah. with Gus Gus hitting the eye poke, I guess at least in this fight, um, but to me it did signal at least uh, Gustafsson was going, oh, man, he really is training for John Jones if he's eye poking. Shit. <laughs> but all it seemed to do was bring out this raw side of Johnson, which was not the fight that Alexander Gustafsson had to really take to to win that fight and, and uh, it was rough more so i was just uh shocked so i got to watch a little bit of i when i came in friday i didn't really work much friday i was watching nothing but ufc on the they were doing all of the like from all angles stuff and it was really cool they were showing gustafson's training and anthony johnson's training and one of the things gustafson had this moment with uh john jones before they announced the 2015 card and john jones was like I you're too diverse for him. Like I don't think he has enough dimensions to fight you. And it was like, oh, I'm sure Anthony's probably seeing that too. And it's just like, yeah, okay. And then they showed Johnson's training camp. He had someone that was six six training yeah. with him. Um, yeah. That was like a big part of his camp, so he could keep the spacing and the distance and get used to working around that. I think we saw some really explosive work. Are you excited about the prospect of him and Jones fighting? Not much to talk about with the Gustafsson fight because he really knocked him out really quickly. Two minutes, 24 seconds, something like that in the first round. KO'd the shit out of him. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think the interesting part that Johnson was talking about, I guess, post-fight, and the thing that really stuck out to me the most was when he said that he was expecting the kicks and that when people kick him... He's able to find the timing and work around it, and that's exactly what happened when Alexander Gustafsson went for a kick right after the eye pokes, like straight into a kick. That's when you saw that look in uh, Johnson's face where he goes, yep, that's all I needed. He finds the angle, connects, and it looks vicious. So I think the hard part is if you're looking forward at a fight between John Jones and uh, Johnson, I think unlike other people that I've seen, I do think he does have a kind of of power to his shots that are ruthless that I, I'm not going to say that John Jones hasn't faced top caliber talent before, but Rumble Johnson is fucking nasty and has continued yeah. to look nasty since he's been yeah. in this division. Like, I think it's an interesting matchup because of the explosive randomness of Anthony Johnson. I, I don't obviously I think John's a better fighter and. Um, but I think one of the things it wasn't a great matchup for Cormier is because they have very similar games. Like Cormier fights that very similar style that John Jones fights, and he wasn't prepared for the size. 
Anthony Johnson just kind of has that raw, explosive wild card factor that I think is genuinely going to be uh, problematic. Because there's fast. another aspect about it too, where John Jones likes to pe- beat people at their own game. Whether it's Chael, he wants to beat him at wrestling. Uh, whether it's you know facing somebody like a Leota Machido, where not only is he submitting him, but he's he's working off of that distance that Leota likes. In this match, I don't think you see John Jones fighting power with power. And I think that's an interesting matchup that makes it a little bit different. Because the one thing I did see on the internet was people going, oh, yet another contender who's just, I guess, the next match for John Jones that he's never had before. And it's like, well, he is a little different. Let's be very clear. Uh, I think this is this is an interesting case and I, I I was really excited for Gus Gus versus Jones too but I'm less excited about Johnson versus uh, John Jones I guess for me I really think I this speaks to Gustafson's talent I think Alexander Gustafson's a really good fighter I think he's really well-rounded and uh, keeps distance really well I think that's why he succeeded against John Jones more so than anyone else has and he got dismantled. Like, he got knocked the fuck out very quickly. And this, we're not talking about, like, the same Anthony Johnson, this physical superiority he's going to have is, you know, one of the, he's strong, dude. And he's quick. And strong and quick is always tough. It doesn't yeah. matter what the fight is. It's And Gustafsson's not that quick. And that's what you saw. Like, that's how you closed that length. He was moving the distance and he was coming in and shooting in with fearlessness and a stout dude. He looks yeah. great at 205. Like yeah, it looks like his weight division found him. Uh really great fight though. I was impressed by the Johnson Gustafson fight just from a I wanted to see how it went and it did not disappoint. Yeah, I thought the the hardest thing really to see was when Gustafson knew it wasn't going well. It was kind of in turtle and he was just absorbing these shots. And you could see it in his face. Like he was just – he was done. And yeah. you could make a case that he wanted it to be called just from that because when he's turtling up, it wasn't a fight back. It was a – okay. And he's absorbing all of these shots. And later on, DC and Brian Stan were making several notes throughout the evening about how much a fighter should be able to take or shouldn't be able to take. And I think in his case, he took a lot of punishment. But – I think what you Those saw was last two headshots. <laughs> I will say to fighters, if you want a fight to stop, apparently it is to make your opponent's head move like a jack in a box pop, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll stop the fight because that's but how hard is that? And you just need to maintain that side position where you keep their hip cornered and you just keep punishing them from the back. You know, mm-hmm. really easy to keep a six foot five fighter in that position. So don't absolutely don't worry about it. A verbal tab. It's about more than just comedy, Raph. We also provide a little instructional. And there you go. You're sure. just helping people. You're welcome. Uh, this is the part where that disclaimer would run across if this were a video that says, uh, please do not listen to these two. They are not trained professionals. But whatever. Yeah. You know, we don't have that. So, Liv. Henderson versus Musasi. Uh, this one, <laughs> I tweeted out uh, youth over beauty, and I still stand by it. I think that was the nicest way to not even entertain that this was going to be that close a fight. I uh, couldn't disagree more with the way it was covered. I thought Dan Henderson was out. I think that mm-hmm. last shot might have woke him up. You seem to insinuate that he was old man out. What do you mean, Raph? I mean, he looked his age. 
So we're not talking reflexes. I think when you have a fighter that's his age and you you clip him on the temple and apparently there were some eye vision problems as well. So sure, let's put that into the equation. But it just looked like it disoriented Henderson initially and that Henderson as a defensive tactic or, you know, probably momentum as well, just like launches himself back to the cage and in the process has his hands down on the mat to brace him. But I don't think he's fast enough to get his hands back up. Now, it doesn't mean that he wasn't kind of rocked or that he wasn't fighting his way back in. But the thing that really leads me to believe it, especially if you watch it in slow motion, is that he is cupping the leg to try for a takedown on uh, Gegard. And I thought that was an interesting aspect of, well, I, I see him fighting back into it more than just he's out and not knowing what he's doing. Now, granted, he completed the takedown with the aid of the referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the... See, okay. This is one of those moments where I don't think they want to be embarrassing to the fighters. And sometimes Joe Rogan doesn't see it the way we see it. He sees it from where he sees it. That doesn't always like he just completely was like, I can't believe they stopped the fight. That's how it felt as he was interviewing him. Well, mind you, but, it happened earlier in the night as well. Okay, so still, every time I watch that and I don't I think this is a moment where the way it was covered shaped the way it was perceived from television. It was clear as day to me. He was knocked out. Once you get hit so hard, you fall to your back. He said he like lunges himself at the cage. Uh, watch Man. it again. He falls directly on his back and his head bounces. Gegard follows up with a shot or two, a shot or two, by the way. So if he's not quick enough to defend himself, issue over. Get, I disagree. Get I, I still think that you didn't watch closely enough on a slow motion to see that unlike uh, some other uh, fight that was stopped early, uh, that was a little more on it. I thought this one was kind of, uh, you know, I, I think a couple seconds more. Uh, I think obviously everybody's acting with the best intentions of keeping somebody as old as Dan Henderson, uh, you know, safe and whatnot. I just I didn't see as much evidence. If anything, you know, Dan Henderson got clipped at the very beginning, and when Kevin was trying to ask, like, why I saw Dan Henderson as not being out, as I said, you know, when he got clipped, he was kind of motioning down, and then just because he's fucking old, is like, ow, that fucking hurts, dude. You and the way I quantified that- it was, it looked like he was old man trying to get up to go beer fridge himself, and... Oh. That's more of what it looked like of just, oh, fuck, this doesn't look good. I don't necessarily want to see either one of them, but uh, I'm willing to give Hendo the, the benefit of the doubt on that one. Okay, so here here's what I'll stake, and let's just remember this because I said it last fight, and I'm saying it again this fight. We're, uh, if that's the case, and it seems like the media is fine with it, we're going to send Dan Henderson back in for one more probably because of uh, – I guess that wasn't clear enough. I still disagree. I saw him get knocked down and knocked to his back. And if I just describe that to people, it sounds like someone that got knocked out. But, but you also fight, are terrible at describing things. So. I'm willing to bet this happens again next fight. He gets knocked out extremely quickly, and maybe there will be some more controversy because potentially. It's Dan but I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I think it's. I, I think Gayard would have killed him if they had given him 20 more seconds. If they had said no, he's not out. I think he would have literally wrecked That's him. That's fine, Kevin. But if you played fights like that, then 
you would just announce the winner before the fight starts. So that doesn't make any sense. Only after they get knocked so hard twice. Like his, didn't his knee collapse or was that the other one, I guess? No, he's just old. And I I mean, the bigger question is, should he still be fighting? And they did not stop calling him a legend. That was, well, they didn't want to say old, so they could be like, DC legend Dan Henderson. For saying right after, yeah, he should probably retire. Instant Hall of Fame, and let's get him a nonsense job like Chuck. And that's great. But I, I will say this. The, the real reason Hendo got knocked out is because everybody knows what he's going to do. So, yes, in that instance, you're probably right. Somebody will probably knock him out again because as long as you avoid that overhand right and work around it, you're going to find an entry into putting him into Ow, that hurts land. So, well, I, I have to, it's not a shot at Hendo. He's just in a different, he fights at a different speed mm-hmm. now. And that was, so I guess that has a little bit of controversy next to it. I still uh, disagree. Moving mm-hmm. on to a little bit more controversy, Phil Davis versus Ryan Bader. No controversy. It was a, a very well matched fight. Yeah. Pretty fun. Both looking in good shape, just uh, kind of exactly what these two fighters do. Yep. Yeah? Okay. No, <laughs> so, it was fine. It was, it was, it was exactly, fine. It was exactly the fight you were supposed to get from these two. And I don't think any stock rised or fell yesterday. Completely agree. Uh, because <laughs> it was like we knew exactly the same thing we knew about the two of them before or after the fight. And you could flip it, a coin and it could change the result either way it Next changed fight. nothing about how i feel about it you know who i'd like to see ryan bader versus dc that'd be kind of fun i guess i feel <laughs> dc would outmatch him really bad well prove it i mean ryan bader just keeps fighting amazing guys and this is what he keeps doing this like picket fence and i'm okay with it he's fun i'm just I'll I've also the say, other way. i love Ryan. Uh, bader. you know davis is is fine and all i think dc has better hands than him and i think dc's if we're talking grinding, I feel DC would really wear down uh, Bader because, I, I mean, at some point, and this is the toughest thing, and maybe wrestlers can explain this to us. At some point, they forego the idea, or maybe they, I don't know if they forego the idea of let's make this fight super interesting as opposed to I want to get this fucking takedown. Yeah. Or. If that's just a wrestler instinct where they see it, they want it. Because Phil Davis, from the minute this fight started, wanted that takedown like nobody's business and got stuffed a whole bunch of times. And it wasn't until the second round I thought that I saw him adapt a little bit more of a strategy. Uh, And honestly, when Joe was talking about him losing the fight, it could have been with that reversal uh, where he was going in and then he he was almost going to get that takedown, got reversed. There was a switch. Bader got behind him and was able to do a little bit of damage, but it wasn't terrible. So, yeah, that's why it's kind of a meh. Yeah. All right. I agree. Uh, Sam Cecilia laid some wood down. That was a brutal KO. <laughs> he knocked him out. Uh, though, you know, I'm sure if he just had a few more seconds of old person recovery time, he would have been able to mount a pretty good takedown. I'll say that, you know, because you bring this up and you're stupid, I will say the thing about Dan Henderson that I'll, I'm willing to admit is I felt that the stoppage was not correct for him. But uh, I also, on the same end, 
for Dan Henderson was like, in the grand scheme of things, meh. Like, it's fine. But I also don't think you should make a case that the fight should continue because we've seen fighters go through much worse wars. Like, that's not a reason to continue a fight. Like, if you've seen this guy fight, you know he can go there. No, that's not the point of a referee. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that is always one of those things that drives me crazy when they're like, he's got a history of playing through these types of knockouts. Like, what the fuck does that mean? That's not well, a... He's also going to have a, a history of not being able to finish word puzzles if we keep <laughs> doing this. <laughs> that's, uh, oh man, that's one of those very true funny moments. Okay. Uh, well, that's as good a note as any to end. Fun card, though. Fun UFC fight night. A lot of knockouts, a lot of high paced stuff. A lot of all over the place stuff. Sweden is not doing well, though, in terms of numbers. I read yeah. a statistic yesterday. I believe they went. One out of four fights that were yesterday. And between the two most recent Swedish events, I think they're like one for eight or seven. Ugh. So uh, good news. They're going to keep events in Sweden, which uh, is great because keeping them up till 4 a.m. is amazing <laughs> on their time. <laughs> they, I think. They, they seemed into it. They were good. Well, they seemed into it until Gus Gus lost. Then they were like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing up for this long uh, but uh, Sweden, we we wish the best for you. Uh, we hope you you come back stronger, as I guess the fight game says. Even more impressive that I forgot that he like beat the hell out of him in his own country. That that does take a little bit of yes. something else. Okay. Uh, fun fight card. Good luck, Sweden. Well, guys, a pay-per-view is coming up, which I think means we do something on the show. Is that not right, correct? Coming off a two-fight win streak, Raph. Don't be so flippant about my momentum. I think the audience can feel it. I think the world can feel it. Dare I say, I might have gotten a text message from the Diaz that's fighting saying, Hey, man, uh, nice win streak. Clearly... That is a fake text because there was no profanity in it. So no, it even came from the Diaz that's fighting. I thought that was a really cool way to have a contact in my phone. You don't know which Diaz is fighting. I know it starts with an N, and I know there's a Diaz fighting. I think I've said enough. Jeez, don't question me. I'm on a win streak. Well, you are proving <laughs> uh, what the logic of a champion is for a two win streak out of a still less than five thousand record hell. Maybe even a quarter record, one might say. But, uh, Kev, today, I thought we would challenge you because you're getting a little lippy. And I feel (laughs) like whenever you get a little lippy, we got to bring on somebody who actually does analysis for a living. Uh, So joining us today from BJJGrappling.com, we have Ruben Avelia. Ruben, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing phenomenal, and I'm ready to smash on Kevin. You're ready to what on Kevin? Smash on Kevin and his pitch. Yeah, okay. Okay. That sounded weirder. Uh, maybe just from my ears. I didn't really know what it was. But we're I know the name over insults. under Kevin can be confusing, but we're, it's going to be pretty much uh, appropriate. I just want that noted. <laughs> so, Ruben, uh, let me ask you this. How familiar are you with most of the fighters on this UFC 183 card? Uh, for the most part, I recognize at least one fighter in each fight. That's, That's good. Pretty much all 
That's really good. Uh, how would you say is the difference between picking? Because you're you're primarily a jujitsu guy, but you also join us to shit talk uh, on the Twitter uh, whenever there's a UFC going on. Uh, how different is it to analysis or analyze uh, the events that are going for uh, MMA than grappling? Well, I've been I've been a fan of UFC for a long time, and although I don't particularly practice or, or train in MMA, I still know what a good striker looks like, and I still know what a great knockout artist looks like. So, I, I mean, it, it's not much analysis coming from a technical point of view in striking, but, you know, I mean, I, I know what I see, and... Uh, you know, that's, that's all there is to it. It's good enough for me. And since you say you know what a good striker looks like, do you take Kevin for a good striker? Does he look like somebody who would be a good striker to you? Kevin looks like he would have a really good bottom game, belly down bottom game. <laughs> uh, message received, and I think, uh, you know, if I could borrow from Jeff Glover, that's a dominant position, Ruben. I mean, not for me because I obviously don't have – like one ninety fifth of Jeff Glover's skill, but burned. Yeah, Raph, <laughs> see that? You got him, Kevin. Your guess. Thank you. Raph <laughs> really? calls it like he sees yeah. it. I got him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, guys. Let's play our next installment of Over Under Kevin. Now it's time for the thrilling installment of Over Under Kevin. All right, guys, so you know the uh, the rules of the game by now, and if you don't, well, who are you? Who are you, and why have you listened to this for so long? Uh, thanks uh, for joining us. Yeah, I guess that too. But uh, here's the way the game works. It's very simple. Each person will get 15 seconds to make their predictions on each of the fights. We are going to pick the fights randomly, so that means Kevin's going to have 15 seconds, then Ruben will have 15 seconds, and uh, if I so feel like it at any given time we will give 15 seconds for a rebuttal uh ruben does this make sense to you yes sir kevin uh i think i was just gonna say ruben's a great name for a singer maybe not for picking mma fights let the games begin (laughs) raf how many singers do you know named ruben ruben stutter boom wow the one congrats (laughs) All right, a little Kevin. show called American Idol. Why go to the fights? Come on, quit. As over under, Kevin Sigs, I'm Kevin's sorry, analysis. 2004 for the rest <laughs> of us. Uh, let's go ahead and play to our first match, which, gentlemen, is going to be a middleweight fight between Thalas Latis and Tim Botch. So we will start with Kevin. 15 on the clock. Go. As you're aware, I have a long, strong history of going all in on Tim Bosch. And I refuse to let that be interrupted now when I've clearly had the right methods. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Tim the Barbarian Bosch, which would be a pretty big upset. By okay. Way. Okay. I'm glad you recognized that and said it uh, almost immediately. I regret this decision. Ruben, 15 on the clock, go. I actually agree with Kevin. Uh, I Ooh. think Talis Slater is not, not that great of a fighter. I think he's a little bit overrated. The jiu-jitsu game is good, but Boach is going to nullify that, and he's going to knock him out very quickly. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of overrated, Kevin, do you see anything overrated about your opponent right now? I think I feel the wind of a drafter, if that's what you're asking, and I think it is. Uh, but I like that we're all going all in on Tim Boach, because we're the only podcast that could possibly say that. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, Ruben, so here's the thing. You know how when you start off a jiu-jitsu match and you see the look in your opponent's eyes, can you describe Kevin's look in his eyes right now? 15, go. Kevin's look is that of a person who's mildly shit their pants. Not completely, but just on the brink of completely letting go of emptying out his bowels. Okay. Well, I didn't think it could get uglier, but it did. Gentlemen, we're going to go to our next match. Ruben, you're going to start us off on this one. It is Richardson Moreira versus Idlemar Alcantara. 15 on the clock. Go. I'm going to go for Richardson. And uh, the reason that I'm going for him is because his middle, his nickname is Rick Monstro. And in Brazilian, that means monster. And as we all know, monsters are terrifying. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kevin, are monsters terrifying enough to get your vote? 15 no, because I don't know what Marajo, which is Itamar Alcantara's nickname, means, but I know it's probably <laughs> scarier. Plus, Itamar Alcantara, I've got to hear Buffer say it a few times. And frankly, I want to hear Joe Rogan try and be like, I'm here with, uh, what was it? Idlewild Alcantara. <laughs> I'm here with Itamar. No, that's not it. Oh, come on. Somebody help me out. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, Ruben. So when you are picking names, are you just going by their translated versions? Because if so, it's going to get really dangerous, I think, in your UFC picking career. Go. No, sometimes I can go by just a phonetic sound. If it just sounds funny or it sounds amazing, that just, I just it's obvious that they're, they're destined for that uh, great thing. Okay. So, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kev, uh, you know, he has an interesting insight into middle names. Uh, do you have an interesting insight into Avelia? I think I'm obviously uh, an expert, but I think Avelia just doesn't insinuate fighting. Again, it's got more of an artist feel, like a poetic. Maybe like Avelia's a really good poetry last name, so maybe try poetry instead of, you know, getting annihilated <laughs> at picking fights by me. I, man, Boom! I. I wasn't a hundred percent sure that was an insult. I they don't yeah, I feel I, quite I, like they're okay. punching home like I'd want. If you want the truth, I thought they would be a little bit more insulting, but I feel like I'm just complimenting his artistic stylings. Like it got really weird where you were almost praising him and saying like, "I don't want to call him a Pablo Neruda, but <laughs> he's, he's up there." Damn it! It almost feels like uh, Kevin is hitting on me a little bit there. Wouldn't be the first, so don't compliment Whatever I have to do much. to get in his head. <laughs> yeah, to get in his head. Yes, that's exactly what Kevin's doing. And his pants. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move to our next match. Kevin, you're going to start us off on this one. It's a middleweight contended fight between Rafael Natal and Tom Watson. 15 go. Yeah, I'm pretty nervous, as you know, to make a choice that's going to so clearly impress you. But I've got to go with Rafael Natal. Psych! Tom Watson. I would never pick someone with the name Raph to win a fight in UFC. Tom Watson. Lo and behold, the reason why Kevin never wins this game, except for just three times in its entire run, yes, Kevin has forgot the science that when you are named Raphael, you tend to win things. Uh, Let me ask you this, Ruben. Uh, Where do you fall on this one? Um, I'm actually going to go for Rafael Nato. I think uh, Tom Watson likes to stand up, trade and bang, and I think Rafael is going to take him down and sub him. And with a nickname like Sapo, I think he's going to feel uh, pretty froggy there, and he's going to leap, going to leap into an amazing submission. Oof. Okay, 
Kev, I was with him until the last part. Like, Ruben started strong and I think started to get a little weak. However, I think I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because he picked somebody with my name. Uh, where do you fall on how he's picking things? And also, uh, do you feel that he's continuing to lean on the middle name thing? I also think he might be completely making up what they mean. I'm just throwing that out there. It's a theory. I don't know that we can prove it, but I think he's picking things based <laughs> on someone that's caught in the headlights uh, and they're terrified. And I understand just running towards the easy one. But if I win no other fight, ref, this one, I'll win and I'll be happy. I'll tell you oh, this much. Man. Oh, go ahead, Ruben. You go. You have to You have to look at their cauliflower here. Uh, Rafael, uh, Rafael Natal, his cauliflower is, is amazingly developed. Can we call and that Tom a year? If we're still being... I mean, yeah, we can't really call it. it it's, it's actually just a cauliflower on the side, on the side of the It does head. more resemble. It is, uh, if, for those not sure, that, look at Natal. That's a good, yeah. Exactly. And on top of that, Tom Watson's nickname is Kong. And that's just, I mean, I, I don't even have words to describe how incredibly lame that is, Kong. Okay, good. Yes, you are You are definitely proving your, your, your toughness here, Ruben. Let me say this, though, Kev, when we start to insult other cultures, yeah, uh, it's a good thing. I think you're, I you're doing good. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> so good job, because uh, I wanted to make sure we don't just pick on one culture. We pick on... All of the cultures. Yes. That way, so, everyone, can, no one can feel. Suck it, Aborigines. <laughs> if you're a thing, I don't know if you even listen. I don't know if we're even. We might be huge. We're big in the Aboriginal crowd, bro. In the big. Australian currents, everybody. Let's go to our next fight. It's a lightweight fight between Joe Lazon versus Al Quinta, which is, I believe, yeah, Spanish for La Quinta. Kev, you'll start us off on this one. I will be sticking with uh, one of the tough – I was it tough 17? He's a tough 17 alum. Al Iaquinta raging mm. to continue some pretty good momentum in the cage. He's been looking good. All right. Let's go over to Ruben. I'm going to go with J-Lo. I'm a big fan of J-Lo. Uh, he looks like a serial killer. Seriously, when I look at this guy, I wonder how many bodies does he have in his basement? I think raging – uh, whatever his last name is, is going to be one of those bodies that's going to end up in his basement. Joe Lozon by submission in the second round. Kev, let me ask you this. How unfortunate was the use of the name J-Lo? Uh, top five most, because people are going to be listening to that. They're going to be like, J-Lo's fighting? Like, I didn't even he- they don't even hear it. They're just paying attention to that. Uh, then they're going to quickly look up, and it's going to be Joe Lazon as opposed to what the other J-Lo's. Let's be very careful. I mean, you know, if you're listening to this, I guess some people might think this is a movie review show about the boy next door. <laughs> it is not. But it is not. I mean, not yet. We'll get there at the end of the show. We saved yeah, that at the very end. We're doing uh, a 22-minute tribute on this episode. To the your response to that, Ruben? I think uh, I think it's a great mind tactic to, to get into everyone's head. When you think of J-Lo, you think of a, a very good-looking lady, and instead you're faced in front of this guy who I said uh, might actually eat you after he kills you. Yeah. He does kind of have a – Joe Lazan might have been a zombie for the last three years, and we didn't notice. <laughs> I, I still don't think we ever got real resolution on that one. But, guys, let me let, me let you in on a secret. 
You care to know what it is? Yeah, I thought you were yeah. going to keep talking. You're yeah, no. me out. <laughs> I mean, it's not a rhetorical question. I was ready for an answer. Oh, yeah. Yes. Guys, the one thing I, I will say about that last uh, set of fight picks, even though you might not think it was good, I just have to argue, there's always room for J-Lo. Anyway, guys, let's go to our next fight. It is a featherweight <laughs> fight between Diego Brandao and Jimmy Hetz. Let's go ahead and start with Ruben on this one. Okay, uh, on this one, it's very easy for me. I'm going to go with the kid. He's a, he's a submission grappler. I got to go with the submission grappler. Also, Diego Brandao looks like a 99-cent version of Jose Aldo. So I'm going for the kid. Wow, that's ouch. <laughs> that, that was more insulting to the fighter than it was to Kevin, which is usually what we're not going for here. Uh, Kevin, your response, <laughs> 15 on the clock. Diego Brandao, because I don't know, and I can obviously tell Ruben's going to be wrong, so I'm going with DB. So you're, it's like poker, you're now playing the player rather than Well, the it's also the least creative nickname I've ever seen, his nickname is DB, and it's like, dude, that's, those are just the initials, I think, unless it stands for something else, but uh, it stands that's probably going to It's his favorite chain to go hang out with he's, his buddies with and play video He's going to hear it, and he's going to be like, god damn it, I hate that nickname. If even especially if it was David Buster's, that'd be even worse. But great sponsorship opportunity. I'm just thinking about all the times when you walk into a place and be like, "DB's here." Okay, it's a terrible nickname. So you're, buddy. you're betting on on his nickname infuriating him into a good fight. Is that what you're That's, saying, Kev? Well, not. In, I said it better, but yeah, that is what I'm saying. That's Don't follow the Kevin logic train. You're just gonna end up at some destination. <laughs> You were not thinking you were going to arrive at to begin with. It's a bad trip. I just, I highly disrecommend it. Yeah, I'm going to avoid that at all costs. I'm, I'm just questioning the, the logic there, but, uh, you know, he is Kevin. Good point. Let's go to our next fight. Our next fight is a flyweight bout between Ian McCall and John Lineker. Kevin, you have 15 to start us off, please. Uh, welcome to the rubber and glue match. You know, like the old saying, I'm rubber, you're glue. Whatever Shut up, keep going. Okay. That's how the fight's going to be. I'm going to go with Uncle Creepy uh, to win via decision because obviously neither of these fighters are going to finish each other. They're both made of plastic. Okay. Ruin, 15 on the clock for you. Oh, I think Kevin couldn't be any more wrong. And I think uh, this shows clearly how... how uh, he, he, his knowledge of MMA is just absolutely terrible. John Lineker is going to crack Ian McCall so hard, Kevin's going to feel it. Knockout in the first round. Wow. Uh, now, granted, I wish this was physically possible. I wish there was <laughs> scientifically a way Kevin could feel the pain. Uh, but, Kevin, what is your response to that? Uh, his nickname is Hands of Stone, and I first read it as Hands of Bone, and I was pretty amused <laughs> at that. So I was paying attention to more important things. Mm -hmm. Ruben, do you really, when you listen to Kevin, does Hands any part of, of you feel sympathetic for me and that I have to work with this person on a weekly basis? I I'm I'm very sympathetic to your plight, uh, Raph. But more importantly, I, I just you know I I hear Kevin and I just I just want to you know give him five bucks and just just pat him on the back and tell him everything's <laughs> gonna be okay. I smell an early wager. <laughs> That's... Well, 
you know, Ruben, I hate to really get – we normally save this for a little bit later, but I'm going to let you know. You have several fights to think about this, but we usually like to do a wager. Okay, Kev, what have been some of the wagers that you've lost? Uh, some of the ones I've lost, I've had to change my Twitter handle. I've had to write a song that I was I still have not finished yet. I've had to send a random item. I've had to take a picture dressed like Uriah Faber and post it to Facebook for 24 hours. <laughs> so, Ruben, these are the types I've of I've won a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I've won it. I'd like to point out the things I've won. A uh, shirt and a private lesson from an shirt. MMA striker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are the, the two things that Kevin has won over time. There's one more, but more losses. So, Ruben, I want you to start thinking about that. Are you already starting to get something in your head? Don't tell us if you do. No, I am actually uh, – I'm just I'm just tripping out, actually, to be honest with you guys. Sounds intriguing, though. Okay, okay, don't worry. You've got several fights to think of something because we're going to come back to you at the end of all this to figure out what you want to wager, okay? Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Let's go to our next fight. And you know what? Ruben, I'm going to have you lead this one off as well. Let's go ahead and do Tyrone Woodley versus Kevin Gastelum. Ruben, you've got 15 seconds on the clock. Go. This is a tough one for me. Uh, I really like Tyrone Woodley. I think he's just an athletic uh, specimen. Uh, Kevin Gastelum is actually a local guy from where I grew up with in, in that area. So, uh, I, I'm just going to go uh, to Tyrone Woodley just based on mere beastiness. Okay, he's basing it on beastiness. A lot to work off of here, Kevin. But let's go back to the one that really seems to haunt me. Uh, do you think there's a little bit of jealousy, a little, little hint of jealousy in the voice of somebody who grew up next to the ultimate fighter winner, Kelvin Gastelum? I think you can absolutely hear it. You know, all things being equal, which they kind of were. You know, why isn't he competing at such a high level in the UFC right now. I'd be asking I think we can make several question. guesses, but that's just... okay. <laughs> uh, obviously, no one from my high school, thankfully, is a UFC fighter, so I don't have that. Not yet. That burden. Who'd you looming. pick? Oh, I thought, am I ready? I'm going with 1,000 Degree Kelvin. He should get a okay, cool nickname. Okay, you're done. Like you're done. You used all your time. Okay. You did not use it wisely. <laughs> uh, Ruben, so... Top 17 parlay. Shut up. So... You do wait, but Kev, you do this all the time. You ascribe people to season seventeen who weren't on season seventeen. You know oh. that, right? Uh, yeah, like, I do know that <laughs> continuously. <laughs> do Kevin know. doesn't know when a fighter appeared on any given season. He just goes, "Oh, it was season 17. And so many times we have to like go through it. And my best was when Kevin goes, "I'm having a tough season seventeen parlay." <laughs> no, this is why you lose so bad. Um, Ruben, what is your response to Kevin's uh, interp of what you were thinking? Do you feel that he's right on, or do you feel that maybe he's just leading something that doesn't exist? Uh, man, I'm just surprised he used a, a Kelvin pun. That was, wow, out of left field. Um, you know what? He could feel what he feels. Uh, there may be a hint of jealousy. There may not be. Either way, I'm going to win this pick. How about that? Okay, that's good enough for me. Let's go to our next fight. Uh, our next fight, Kev, you're going to start us off on this one. Uh, it is a middleweight fight between Diego Santos and Andy Enns. I Kevin. feel like I've been burned by Diego Santos, but that almost can't be possible. It's either him or the Lionheart. One of them let me down. 
I'm going with the underdog, Lionheart, Andy Enns. Okay. I do not feel good about it, if you want to know the truth. Okay. No, hold on. Uh, Hey, Ruben. You know, sometimes I give our guests um, some earmuffs over on the side. Do you mind putting those on real quick while I talk to Kevin? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, thanks. Kev? Uh Yeah. What the fuck, dude? I'm You're sorry. not supposed to tell them. Yeah, I'm a little too emotionally available right now. I'm gonna. I'll button it back up. Button what do you mean up. emotionally available? I don't know. I I apologize. I drank tea instead of coffee. Won't happen again. You drank tea instead of coffee and coffee instead of alcohol. Yeah, it's Sunday. You know, it's fuck, just dude. To... Come on, dude. I'm focused. You know, it's one thing to like. Let him completely beast you at all of these picks. What? That's not happening. But it's another thing to just tell him, you know what? Um, subconsciously, shit. Yeah, you might be winning. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm at. Come on, that dude. Is not what happened. That Get is exactly what happened. Get back to I'm going to bring you back this to the game. That is not at all helpful. You're fucking ready. <laughs> you sit there and you think about what you did. I Let's will. go back. Uh, Ruben, Ruben, clap, clap, thing, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> Strange technology we have here. It's a good thing you were able to flawlessly hear that with no problems. Ruben, when you hear Kevin being a little more conciliatory to you, uh, what's going through your head? Uh, you know, I, it's just, I think Kevin's a special person. I think he's a, a very special <laughs> human being. Uh, you know, I think he deserves some empathy. Boy, that takes me back to a lot of parent-teacher nights. That felt good. <laughs> well, good. All right, let's go to our next fight. Uh, speaking of sympathy and your feelings, let's go to this one because apparently the UFC felt it wasn't good enough to just have one Thiago on the card. They decided to put both of them on. We have a welterweight fight between Thiago Alves and Jordan Mine. Ruben, your thoughts? I'm going with Thiago Alves. Uh, I really like his striking. Dude has a massive head. Turns out part of that was because he had a tumor, if I'm not mistaken. Either way, it's there's not no the way. What? Everybody get down. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> I've used all of your time now. Shut up, Kevin. Oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it the tumor. Jordan Mean. Jordan Mean. Young Gun. Rank 13th. Has abs that are quite impressive, so that leads me to believe he's been in the gym. Jordan Mean. Okay. Uh, Ruben, do you have anything to add that has nothing to do with abs? Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're picking based on uh, our sexual preferences. You speak uh, for yourself, kind of sir. You stay on your side kind of the of aisle. <laughs> but uh, be that as it may, I think, I think that's a bad choice there, buddy. Okay. All right. That's enough for us to go ahead and close that segment out and maybe continue putting the continual ellipsis on Kevin's sexuality. The next fight, Kevin, you're going to go off on. uh, Man, I am excited about this fight. Let's talk about the women's bantamweight fight between Misha Tate and Sarah McMahon. Kevin, you got 15 seconds on the clock. There are a few rules I live by, Raph. Obviously, always read before bed, but never about anything important. And number two, don't vote against the cupcake. That's it. Those are my only rules in life. I choose Misha Tate to win. Okay. All right. Ruben, 15, go. I'm going to go with 
McMahon, she's going to take her down. She's going to lay and pray. It's going to be amazing. Lots of memes, lots of overtly sexual memes. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Um, so, Kevin, let me ask you this. Uh, you hear Ruben's going for Sarah McMahon. Are we overlooking the fact that Misha won her last fight? Kind of just on the brink of so-so. Uh, she's a great fighter, but Sarah McMahon, uh, you know, is a really good fighter in her own. Are you overlooking that? 15 go. Not at all. I'm not. I'm not at all blinded by how much I just really think Misha Tate's the best possible product in the UFC. I think uh, she might be. She's better when she's up against a wall. Let's go with that, right? Does that sound good? Does that make analysis? Um, you know, I mean, against the wall. It's like a me make good analysis now. Uh, Ruben, your thoughts? I think that's exactly where she's going to end up. I think Sarah McMahon is going to put her up against the wall in a very violent and gruesome way. And uh, again, uh, you know, Kevin's voting on intellectual preferences, and I just don't think it's going to work out. Well, Did jokes on that? him, Raph. They don't fight near a wall. It's a cage. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Served. Forced. <laughs> Forced. I would say uh, that was actually the burn I was waiting to use on Ruben. But, you know, Kev, I'm glad you used it. It's all the ammunition you had, so I, I think it was what you needed to do. Uh, we're going to our next fight. It is a middleweight fight. Kev, you're going to talk to us about this one as well. It's Ed Herman versus Derek Brunson. 15 on the clock go. Why didn't you save this one for last, Raph? I think this is why everyone's tuning into the club. Clearly, this is what everybody's here for. Uh, Ed Herman's got a very seriously prison-y tattoo. Uh, and you know that I always pick the people with prison-y tattoos. So, Ed Short Fuse Herman is my choice. Okay. Ruben, 15 go. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to also choose Ed Spies Herman, uh, not because, again, of the sexual preference with Mike Kev, but I've seen a, a theme here. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. That's, uh, you know, no judgment, buddy. Uh, I no think Trust is going to win uh, with some wrestling, some good old fashioned wrestling. Okay. Okay. Not there's anything wrong with that. Kev, uh, you know, what do you expect from this fight, if anything at all? Uh, I really don't know anything about either fighter, so <laughs> I guess they're they're both experienced guys. But Ed Herman's been fighting a lot longer, and they seem to be about the same age. So that's what I'm basing it off of. This is great. This is Do why you really want analysis on this fight. Like, why are you asking about what? <laughs> Ed Herman versus Derek Brunson. I'm expecting nothing. I don't. Know. All I'm saying is anybody who's been watching the UFC for a long time is pretty familiar with Ed Herman. Okay. So you know, it's why Another- we get these. These big bucks to go ahead and do our analysis. And why screw it then. I picked Derek Brunson. How's that? Think about that. I think uh, I think Kevin uh, thinks Evan uh, Ed Herman was on top seventeen, and I think that's why he likes him too. Good. He might have been. Good. He kind of looks like somebody. That <laughs> Slick burn. All right. Let us go to our final battle of the night, and uh, we're actually going to have Ruben. Ruben, on this one, you're going to get 25 seconds of analysis. It is our whatever weight bout between Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz. 15 on the clock. I'm sorry, 25 on the clock. Go. I'm going for Anderson. Uh, He might be going through PTSD due to that leg break. He might be near 
four years old. He, you know, might be coming off two losses, but he's still Anderson. He's much more accurate than Nick. Uh, Nick is going to run into a ton of punches, and I think Anderson's going to take it to him. Okay. Uh, Ruben. Not next round. Ruben is going for Anderson Silva because why not? Kev, you. This is a moment for me, Raph, because my instincts are saying, hey, you should probably pick Anderson Silva. But then I'm thinking back to what NFL Network's James Coe said to me. Can you do one show where you don't bring up James Coe? No, I can't. I just wanted to. For the love of God, do one analysis without James Coe. Anderson Spider Silva is, uh, I guess I wouldn't, I don't know that I think he's back, but I just don't know that Nick Diaz is back. I'm not sure Nick Diaz is a great fighter, so I'm picking Anderson so which Spider Silva based off of, uh, it's hard to pick against a spider. So wait a minute. You reversed your reversal. Yeah. Which is the one thing James Coe told you not to do. You got all yachty about me bringing it up again, so I stuck because with the guns. I immediately for the love of God, I want him. you to win or lose on your own merits. You've no, been talking no, up this two-win streak. Yeah. It's time for Baby Bird to be pushed out of the tree and see if they can fly, and it looks like you are incapable of doing so. Uh, no. What's that Nelly Furtado song? Maybe I just need a little encouragement. Maybe I need someone to play that Nelly Furtado song. I don't about know. The bird. You out and I'll feel like I can't Nelly fly. But I've got this screaming person on the other end hosting an impartial game. It's called I'm I'm I Like Bird. Okay. That's a Nelly Furtado song. Jesus. <laughs> Read a book. Um, so let me ask you this, though. Are, are you excited about this fight, Ruben? Do you, what do you think that we will see from Anderson Silva that may be a little different, or do you think we'll just see him be super vicious? I think uh, from Anderson, we're going to see uh, some, some very technical boxing. I do think that he might not kick as much as he used to. Uh, I think a little bit like the Levin fight when he first came out with the difference that Nick gives is a lot a better striker. So uh, I think I think this fight is, is lined up for fireworks. I think either way, someone's going to get beat up uh, a lot, and their face is going to look the same at the end of the fight. Kev, I wanted to ask you. You want to add? Oh, okay. That's fine. No, go ahead. Don't listen uh, to what I'm saying. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. But I just wanted to add, uh, I'm not surprised that Kevin's uh, side, he's, he's flipping side. He's trying to play both sides. Very like Kevin, not surprised. <laughs> I guess that was worth it. Uh, Kev, I, I got to ask you this. Using the part of your brain that is good for analysis, can you tell me what you think? There is such a part? Uh, it's deep. It's deep in the brain. It's uh, lost between beer trivia and old episodes of Dawson's Creek. But, Kevin, tell me, <laughs> what do you think will be the choice of wording of dialogue that Nick Diaz will yell at Anderson Silva if you can predict what it will be. He'll probably scream that like the first few seasons of Dawson's Creek, this fight's going to be emotional. And uh, that's all he's probably going to scream at Anderson Silva because once he gets done with that, Anderson's going to have to go Google what Dawson's Creek was about and it's not going to make a whole lot of sense in context. I think Nick Diaz is going to do a lot of a uh, 
trying to act like he's not nervous to fight Anderson Silva because I bet he's pretty nervous to fight Anderson Silva. Like, I know Nick Diaz will fight anybody, but this is the guy that he, like, looked up to as this sort of odd striker and even mirrored his game a little bit based off it. So it's... I think he's going to be doing a lot of that projecting. Like, I'm not worried I'm not good enough to fight you, that type of thing. It's going to mm-hmm. go right at Anderson. You know, that, that, that's an interesting point, and I want to go off of that uh, to Ruben. Ruben... You know, a big trait of Nick Diaz is talking shit even when he's losing a fight. Do you see those same traits exhibited by Kevin in this? By Kevin? I mean, of course. Like, when you have nothing else, uh, you know, you're winning, you're losing miserably. What else are you going to do? You're just going to scratch and claw at any little that you have uh, to grab. And, uh, you know, smell different from Kevin. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Kevin, your last response on that. I'm just enjoying being compared to such a tenacious competitor of Nick Diaz that has such random attacks. Now I feel like someone else is doing the projecting and that he's worried, much like Anderson Silva should be, that I'm going to connect with that sharp right and I'm just going to not give a fuck to the point where I hold my hands up, Dana White. What? I was trying to channel Nick Diaz. I was doing okay. Mm. You've done better. All right, gents. Uh, before we get to wagers, let's go ahead and discuss. Uh, we like to have a tiebreaker because sometimes things happen. Things get crazy. So um, let's talk fight of the night and performances of the night. So uh, the way they usually give out bonuses, uh, unlike yesterday in Sweden where they just gave out all four performance of the night bonuses. But normally uh, they give out two performances of the night and one fight of the night. So I'll go to you, Ruben, and ask, who do you think will be the two recipients of performance of the night, and what do you think will be fight of the night? I think the Silva Diaz is going to be the fight of the night. I think Woodley's going to be uh, KO of the night, and I'm going to go with my boy uh, J-Lo for submission of the fight. Of the fight. Yeah. Excellent. That's uh, what I'm going to call. You know, Ruben... Truly, truly a great moment to have one of our panelists not watch the UFC long enough to know they don't do submission or knockout of the night anymore. Oh, they don't. Sharks nope. are nearing. Sharks Man, are nearing. That was oh, tough. No. That was tough to hear. What a fail. Blood <laughs> in the water. What a fail Sharks of every epic portion. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> do you still want to stick with those two as performances of the night? Uh, uh, fuck it. Why not? Okay. Don't rolling right. Rolling the dice blind. <laughs> Kev, your uh predictions, please. Performance of the night is going to go to Kelvin Gastelum. Fight of the night is going to go to Misha Tate versus Sarah McMahon. We need one more performance of the night. Silva Diaz. I don't know how to. I think just because Silva's in the fight, he'll get it. And maybe Nick Diaz will flip somebody off. Ooh. Hold on, wait. That's another fight of the night, essentially. Oh, I would have to pick someone for performance of the night? Yes. Yeah, Silva. Jesus Christ. Does nobody know how to play this game? I thought I killed it. No. Submission of the night and heel hook of the night are going to go to Rafael Natal. All right, so Ruben, you've had some time to think about it. Do you have any idea for a wager that you'd like to make with Kevin? Uh, I have an idea. How about 
the loser has to put up a picture on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, something creative with the words, don't be scared, homie. In okay. the, the picture. Okay. In this case, for Kevin, it would be Twitter and Facebook. Kevin? What was the part of the picture? What do I have to it, take? It has to be a play on don't be scared, homie. Don't and. I'm guessing it would be at the other's expense, like the person who loses expense. Yeah. Okay. I'm I've got what I want. Okay. Um much like in the vein of I never got to collect on this and I'm really excited about the idea. You have to get an Instagram of like someone flying arm barring you or something like that like a good arm bar attempt you just need to show us what that looks like on the receiving end and post it under uh i'm under kevin that's the tag i want hashtag i'm under kevin perfect <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> all right you're on buddy boom photo series set raf jesus uh so Ruben, uh, where can people go to find your instant social media, your Instagram, and all the other bullshit? I'm sorry. My brain's now going to, like, the innocuous bet that just Kevin made <laughs> and the terrible wording that he's putting on there. Like, if there's one thing that we say on this show continuously, it's phrasing. phrasing. And I don't feel we say it enough. But um, <laughs> so where can people find you and potentially – uh, what might be very fun uh, post bet on the internets? Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both at Ruben E Avila. That's R U B N E A V I L A. Great. And then uh, tell us what the hell is BJJGrappling.com? It's just a blog of random shit. Sometimes I post helpful things. Sometimes I'm just venting about getting my ass kicked. Uh, sometimes I think up and coming, I might put up uh, a prediction of when I roll with Kevin. <laughs> I would say it will actually be entertaining. If you do end up losing to Kevin, I expect to be, see a full blog written about <laughs> the, the soul searching required to move on. <laughs> Well, Ruben, uh, the way we usually do this is we follow up with people the next week. So if you're up for chatting with us about the fights next week, we'd love to have you back on. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Ruben, we can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, playing a very fun game of Over Under Kevin. We look forward to seeing you next week after these very, very fun fights. We hope you have a very good rest of your day, buddy. You too, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Ruben Avellia. Sparza, I'm excited about the fight between Rumble Johnson already and Jones. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about seeing the legend, the legend, Anderson Silva. I mean, yeah. he's been on Living Legend says, like, how excited really are you to see him back in the cage? Uh, nervously excited. Okay, yeah. I think I think, he, I think he'll be, well, considering the last two times I have seen him fight. In person? Yes. <laughs> she has had that is a hidden heads. part of this.
Like you... So it'll be nice to just be watching uh, via television. Karen Bryant was very funny because she sent a note that was like, hey, are we going to see you next week in Vegas? And I go, nah. <laughs> no, have fun. Anderson prefers that I do not attend. Just Anderson We don't know it yet. If he loses, it's not you. But if he wins, yeah. you're going to have to seriously consider uh, Sebastian Vendel Martinez, who's going to be doing coverage, if you guys are watching for MMA Net, uh, he was doing it over in Sweden yesterday. So if you saw anybody ask terrible questions, probably him. But he'll be doing coverage uh, over next weekend in Vegas. And I think at one point he turned to me and he just goes, Raph, is it us? Is, is that the reason why? And I was like, don't, don't put it on us. I, you oh. should. You should both feel responsible. He's the greatest fighter in history. He's had two terrible fights. What's the one factor we know is true about those as opposed to others? You and Sebastian were in attendance. It's true. I, either way, super stoked. Uh, had a blast with Ruben playing some over under Kevin. I hope people enjoyed it. It's been a really good podcast. You get to hear Raph and I get a little chippy about Dan Henderson's knockout, which... Uh, I guarantee we'll be about some of the best coverage because at least one of us was being honest. And I'm not going to say which, Raph, to be big. To mm-hmm. rise above it, I'm not going to say which of us was being honest. Okay. Okay. That'll work. Uh, which means it's time for some shout-outs. Gotta check out the new BJJ Finder. Uh, Andrew did some really good upgrades to it, both the app and the website. Check it out. There's my shout out. I my knee is injured, so I have not been able to train as much, and it's been driving me crazy. I know you've been sick recently, Raph, as well. You've been soldiering yeah. through, so I'm sure you can relate. Because like a good training partner, when you're sick, you don't want to go train. Not because of you, mostly because you'll get other people sick, which is not cool. Yep. Uh, yep. So really needing to do that. I even put the mats down in the studio here. So. I had some things to be thinking about, and I just really want to get back out to training over at some BJJ and MMA Academy in Chantilles. Can't wait. Knee must be better. Rafa Sparza. Shoutouts. I have no one to shout out. That's awesome. No. Oh, okay. My soul is done. I haven't That's... trained for a week. I've lost my jiu-jitsu, Kevin. Yeah, it's gone. we both. We're just phoning it in over here. You can hear it. You can hear the. there's something missing. We're a little chippier. You know, our brains are just a half second, not where they need to be, and that's what jiu-jitsu does. I just tried to beer and bowl on my couch, and it was terrible. Uh, what, yeah, what does that even mean? And that's where we're at right now. I put my mutt into a leg lock. He just he mm-hmm. earned it. I don't know. Yep. Uh, I guess shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. The eat because I guess you guys are training, so that must be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would normally shout out one person in particular, uh, but I haven't trained with anybody, so I don't know if anybody's done anything worth shouting out. So I don't know. Um, let's shout out also uh, the good people of. Uh, scramble and jiu-jitsu style and also our friends at Around the Mat well, that was being a blast. Yeah, uh, Paul Moran and uh, John Evans of BJJ Breakdown. We have a very fun episode that we are racing to get to you guys full of a lot of surprises and uh, some really, really cool content. So my thanks to everybody for coming through on that. You guys will see it as soon as um, you see it. It's about as easy as it goes. Awesome. 
Well, that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good night. Try not to let the old age knock down his bite. Don't, don't try and be smart. Every time you try to be smart, it just bites you again.